Well, hello, all you wonderful people out there listening to us. Welcome to the broadcast podcast. We're back again. Yay. It's yeah. so wonderful to be back. Yeah. Yeah. It's been going really well, I think. I know. You know, yeah. it's, it's always fun getting back into this because you end up having such great conversations and you just never know where they're going to go. Yeah. They always go somewhere good. Right. I always feel like, how are we going to wrap this up in 30 minutes? I know. Well, it's I a challenge. Yeah. Well, that's one of our perks, though. If it's people true. want to get more... Um, you're going to tell them about it in a second, but if they want to get a little bit more behind the scenes, that's going to be one of the things that's going to be available. Yes, they can help us out. Well, actually, um, you can follow us on Twitter at the Broadcast PGH. You can find us on Facebook at Broadcast underscore PGH and on Instagram at the Broadcast underscore PGH. We are everywhere. Yeah. So good. <laughs> and you can also check out all of our um shows at the broadcast-podcast.com. And you can also support us because we are <laughs> looking for support and we're hoping <laughs> for your support. Yes. Um, we have a ba- brand new Patreon page at Patreon slash Broadcast PGH. And you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Yeah. And so we are also very open to sponsorship. Hello. Give us a call. If you are out there, please yeah. call us. And we'd love to talk to you. And you can also drop us a line at Broadcast PGH at gmail.com. But I'm very excited for our show today. I am too. Yes. yes. Tell this, us all about it, Kim. This is Ashley Deemer. Who, <laughs> I have to Ashley. say, Ashley Hi. has been <laughs> persistent in every sense of the word that we have been scheduled to have her on a couple times and then we've had... She persisted. She did. <laughs> we were really, yeah, we kind of not flaked out, but just things kind of came together. And so now she's here. So let's not dwell on that too much. But Ashley is... It a, always comes together when it's supposed to. It comes and this together, is even a better time now than ever. Perfect time. To have her on. Yeah, truly. It is. Perfect yeah. timing. It worked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she is a former candidate for city council. She is mm-hmm. the chief of staff for outgoing District 4 councilwoman Natalia Rudiak. And she is kind of like a big deal in Beachview. Oh my God. Like everyone knows her. No. Like Ashley is, <laughs> is kind of, yeah. But <laughs> what's exciting is she has started a new political action committee with Natalia and with, um, I want to make sure I get all the women on here because it's such an amazing lineup. It's like a super friend of political women in Pittsburgh. So it's, they need it's, their own graphic novel. It's Ashley, <laughs> Natalia, uh, Marita Garrett, who is the incoming mm-hmm. mayor of oh, Wilkinsburg, who we need to have her. on. Yes. And um, County Controller Chelsea Wagner. So mm. that is Ooh. like super friends. Like that mm-hmm. is like the dream team of women politicians in Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> I'm telling you. so we want to talk about this new um, political action committee, which is, I want to make sure I get the name right because the acronym is so great. It's Women for the Future of Pittsburgh, which abbreviates <laughs> as WTF Pittsburgh, <laughs> yeah. which I'm sure is just WTF. What took yeah, so long? Just a coincidence. <laughs> just a Definitely not on purpose. <laughs> but we, welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We want to hear about this. Like what motivated you to start the pack and kind of what are the goals? There's a lot of talk about let's have women run for office. You know, she mm-hmm. should run as a great organization yeah. that's getting women kind of motivated. But I think you guys have identified a, sort of a, a, a missing link in the mm-hmm. chain here that yeah. you need to have money. You yeah. need to have resources. And if you don't have that, it's really, really hard to, to have a successful campaign, especially in an incumbent centric area like Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. Well, that's so, so male dominated. It is so male dominated. Oh my God. It is. OMG. <laughs> um, and it's not just a perception, right? Yeah. Pennsylvania mm-hmm. actually ranks uh, 49th in the country for gender parity in elected office. Wow. Um, and God. Allegheny County is one of the worst places in the state. No despite way. It I didn't so know that. Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Despite That's being so progressive. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think we have um, 28 members of our state legislature delegation, and one of them is a woman. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's not parity. Um, mm-hmm. That's not equal representation. Um, and I think we can do a better job of that. 
So uh, a lot of times when folks talk about getting more women in office, they focus on what women can do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You have to step up and run. You have to learn how to run. You have to really put yourself out there and, oh, we're not sure if women – um, really want to do that, and there's something there's something wrong with women, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, our working thesis is basically that actually there's nothing wrong with women, mm-hmm. and there's there's plenty going on to um, let women in on all the information you need to run for office successfully. But there's not a lot of institutional support out there for women candidates, um, and. You know, we we can talk all we want about the best person in the race winning um, or getting the support, but <laughs> if the if the best person in the race is not doesn't have the resources mm-hmm. to get the word out about what she stands for, mm-hmm. then she might go unnoticed and she'll probably lose. So, we started WTF Women for the Future to um, financially support progressive women running for office, specifically in Western Pennsylvania. Because there have been some efforts to similar efforts in Pennsylvania, um, but uh, you know we see things gravitating around Philadelphia. Sure. Um, and if we want to stay a blue section of the state, mm-hmm. um, the and only we other want blue section, blue right? Yeah. And we're kind of turning purple. So mm-hmm. if we want to stay blue and we want women here, we need to focus. Mm-hmm. And so, what does that look like? So I think a lot of women are. We're really angry, really upset, you know, mm-hmm. really decided they wanted to do something. They didn't know what. A lot of women, you know, the, the sort of consensus is that women are um, uncertain about running for office. They're concerned about the negative uh, campaigning that could go on. They're concerned about the impact on their personal lives, yeah. you know, which, you know, all seem valid enough. But I the, I forget who I was talking to, but it was someone who was saying that the way that we support candidates at the state and local level is like completely backwards. Like we don't we don't support them financially enough. We don't we don't have the mechanisms in place to really make sure they're going to be able to have access to resources. Mm-hmm. And so what does it look like for a female candidate to try in, in Western Pennsylvania, and you can speak to this personally, what is it like to try and raise money? How do you how do you and how to get your name out there? What is campaigning as a female candidate in Western Pennsylvania like? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, the first thing that folks, you know, consultants, everyone who does this for a mm-hmm. living professionally, they'll tell you, make a list of every friend and family member mm-hmm. you've ever met, and then you need to call them and ask for money. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's that not is, awkward at all. <laughs> it's actually more awkward to call oh, friends yeah. and family than it <laughs> yeah. is a complete stranger. Absolutely. In my opinion. So. Yeah. That was step number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I found a lot of support, luckily, with with my friends and family. But then step number two is trying to find a list of folks who um, are kind of uh, known donors. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to be working with Natalia, mm-hmm. and she kind of – she endorsed me very early. And um, so I had access to her list, and I was able to call mm-hmm. folks and – uh, you know, make the pitch and tell them what I'm all about and have good conversations with them and hope that they write a check. Mm-hmm. Um, because it takes money to hire staff. Um, you can't do this by yourself. You have to hire staff. You have to be able to communicate with voters and identify the most likely voters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that takes the form of mail pieces, radio spots, mm-hmm. um, canvassing, community meetings, all kinds of material that help get your, your, um, your values and your objectives out there. Um, so I had a lot of great conversations there, but my personal experience, um, as a woman running for office who was not supported by the 
traditional, um, the establishment mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. folks in Pittsburgh who run the show, right? right. Mm-hmm. I was not endorsed by those folks. And frankly, um, as I was fundraising, I got a lot of questions from donors saying, okay, well, where are these two people on your race? What do they think of you? Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, people, um, it's a small town. Mm-hmm. People yeah. do business with the city right. and the county. Yep. They don't want to make anyone mad. Yeah. And a lot of people back away and say, you know what? If you don't have the support of, say, the county executive or the mayor, we're not sure we want to get involved. But good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so we need to change the the center of power just a little bit or mm-hmm. redistribute it a little bit, right? Yeah. We need a safe space where women can go and raise money um, so that they can demonstrate the momentum they need to get other donors to chip in. Mm-hmm. Um, early money is like yeast. Mm-hmm. That's where Emily's list came from, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, so if we, can, if we can make an impactful donation early and folks can say, well, you know what? I won this endorsement. And I already have a team in place and look at these amazing materials I have. They're more likely to get Because you look serious. They look serious. That's Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, And they can then spend more of their time talking to voters. You can't spend all of your time on the phone with donors and expect to get your point across with the people who will ultimately be casting the ballot. Do you think, and not to go a little bit off topic, but do you think this speaks, though, to a deeper problem, a systemic problem for just campaigning in general, the the whole way that it has to be done, the, the amount of money that needs to be involved and implemented? Do you think right there is just the, one of those main barriers that prevents access to a lot of people, including a lot of women that maybe don't have these kinds of circles of power yeah. or this kind of circle of influence? And so- the question being, if you get someone in power, you know, is campaign finance reform something that should be one of their main focuses so that other women, they can remove those barriers behind them? And why don't people talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I can see, um, you know, campaign finance as being a huge barrier to women who do not have the kind of networks that can can donate. You know, I was lucky to have mm-hmm. some of that in place. Certainly, you know, I don't come from a wealthy family or anything, but my parents stretched and mm-hmm. made a donation. Um, and not every family can do that. Um and so I certainly think campaign finance report, reform is important. We have mm-hmm. that in the city of Pittsburgh for mm-hmm. city candidates. We have donation limits that mm-hmm. candidates are able to receive. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I had to raise over $80,000 wow. for a city council race. Wow. For a primary. For a primary. That's incredible. Yes, yeah. for a primary. Um, oh, I didn't know it was that exp- – I mean, that's – crazy. It's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it it seemed like a huge uphill, uphill climb to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we did it, but it took a lot of help. It took a lot of money to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know what the answer is. I think part of the challenge is that we – we had to reach out to voters in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, voter engagement is down, mm-hmm. yeah. right? We only have a, um, you know, a portion of the neighborhoods that are registered to vote mm-hmm. and then something around 20% or under mm-hmm. are turning out to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to be very targeted. But even then, you know, we knocked on folks' doors four times mm-hmm. leading up to Mm-hmm. Uh, GOTV weekend, and then we did three more passes of the whole district on GOTV weekend. GOTV we being get out the vote, get out the mm-hmm. vote yeah. weekend, and yeah. we still didn't talk to some folks. Mm-hmm. Um, we made calls to people. Uh, we sent out mail. We did a radio campaign, and I know that there are still folks out there 
who didn't know about it. And so it's a question, I think, both of campaign finance reform and also, um, you know, people need to find ways to engage in their neighborhood and the politics in their neighborhood. Why do you think people are Mm -hmm. so disconnected and so apathetic to engaging even you know even after everything that happened in the in the election mm-hmm. last last year and you know a lot of people were so mad or they were so Red excited up. whatever yeah. their energy was towards the situation it almost seemed like afterwards and after the the big marches in Washington you know i went to vote in our our local yeah. you know uh, race recently and i think i was number i, I went at night cuz i i was literally came home from New York that day and drove from the airport right over to vote. And I asked him, I was like, what number am I? And I was like 74. Yeah. And it was five o'clock at night, Yeah, you know? And yeah. so after all of, all of these things, what is it that's going to push people to recognize that this is their civic duty and you that don't this matters just vote when it's a presidential election. Right. And yeah. to also recognize that all of these little elections, all of these local elections, they're what's going to impact you even more so yeah, in more a lot of ways yeah. than the presidential election. Not that large sweeping policy isn't, important and impactful but you know these these elections decide whether or not your street gets sweeped when it snows right Right. just those day-to-day things that really do impact you on your way to work kind of a thing yeah so how do you get people to wake up or is i mean or do you feel disenchanted after the fact that after all of this people still seem to have their heads in the sand or do you think they feel just hopeless i think i think there's a couple things at play right now i think that it's harder than ever for Mm -hmm. families to get by Mm -hmm. Um, we know that's true. We know that usually, um, you know, both parents are working or we have single parent households who are working all the time mm-hmm. to make ends meet, mm-hmm. to put food on the table, to pay for childcare. Um, so that's number one. People are busy mm-hmm. and it takes time to stay on top of elections, to read, read the news, to look into the issues in your neighborhood. Um, so if you're just jetting back and forth to work, Mm-hmm. or taking an hour on the bus every day to get to work, um, you're not necessarily able to plug into that. I think people are disenchanted, though. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of folks who think their vote doesn't matter. Um, we live in a town that is primarily Democratic. Um, so people have this perception that, oh, well, who cares? I don't need to vote in the primary. Mm-hmm. A Democrat's mm-hmm. going to win. Um, but I think what people don't necessarily see every day is that there is a real spectrum of Democrats mm-hmm, in this city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the real fights are in the primary. Do we want a more progressive Democrat who is transparent and has a real open line of communication with um, residents or not? And, um, you know, so if everyone in this town is a Democrat, we have to be more, um, we have to apply more scrutiny to that primary process. Mm-hmm. And I I did. I ran into people on the doors um, talking to folks on their front porch who said, I don't vote in the primary. Wow. Hmm. Um, wh- tell me why I should. And at that point, I knew they probably wouldn't. Even if we mm. had a great conversation, it yeah. is not a routine that they've put together for themselves. And so, you so know. So the Democrats sort of pat themselves on the back that, hey, we are, we're kind of run the show around here. However, they're actually hurting themselves because your primary turnout is low and you don't get diversity in candidates. I hadn't really even right. considered that as mm-hmm. a... Right there's, right, there's no diversity in candidates. Candidates, um, incumbency is very powerful here. Very powerful, We've yeah. had some elected officials have been in office for a very long time, and I think it's very easy to lose your drive and to lose your focus on what's important and also to evolve with the issues that are important to your neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Neighborhoods change over time. 
um, challenges in our neighborhoods change over time. Um, and I think sometimes, um, if you're very comfortable in your position, um, you can, you can lose focus on the things that matter to people. And so, yeah, but to get people to vote in a primary shouldn't be such a, you know, earth shattering problem that we yeah. should have to, um, so how do you then with, with the pack, how do you then, is that something you focus on focusing on primaries or focusing on, or is it more focusing on getting the candidates well positioned? It really depends on the race. Okay. So, um, yes, there will be some races where we see a strong woman, um, coming out in a primary, perhaps against an incumbent or against, uh, another person in the primary. And we want to make sure she is well positioned, mm -hmm. um, to, to perform well in that primary. There will be other races where we have multiple amazing women running against each other in the primary. And we might say, we're going to see how that goes and then support that woman in the general, mm -hmm. especially in some of the suburban races where we are looking to flip districts from mm -hmm. Republican to Democrat. Yeah. Um, we can be really impactful there too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what in your mind are some of the races or some of the, um, the um, offices that need to get uh, flipped or what, like, what are the, what are your priorities? If you had like a list of a wish list, I mean, all of them, yeah. um, all of them, yeah. but, right. but we need to develop a pipeline, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, WTF is focusing on everything from school board member uh, up to um, state legislature. We're not going to do federal races. We mm -hmm. are developing a pipeline of women at the hyper local level, mm -hmm. um, who can go on and run for higher office. Yeah. And what do you think some of the issues are looking at some of these districts that you're interested in flipping? Mm -hmm. Where do you think the Democrats went wrong? Where do you think they were ignoring? What do you think they were ignoring? Uh, you know, and a lot of people have been trying to analyze this, you know, with with the Clinton race, yeah. you know, last year, and what did what did the Democrats miss? And what can we refocus on? Or what can they refocus on? so that they are more tuned into the populations because, you know, districts in, in the suburbs and in rural parts of the state or of the region are going to have very different goals and needs. And mm -hmm. so what was something that you think maybe they were tone deaf to or weren't paying attention to that they should have been listening to instead of saying, oh, well, they're just rednecks or, oh, they, they, they don't matter. They don't know. They're, they're ignorant. It's really hard to know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I had it all figured out, I, I, <laughs> if you had a yeah. crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I do think there are a couple things, mm -hmm. right? So, um, Democrats, I'm a Democrat. I love Democrats. Democrats mm -hmm. get in the weeds really mm -hmm. easily. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. and the one thing Republicans are great at is taglines yep. and messaging. Stay on and message. Yeah. They're a little less focused on facts, but, <laughs> but they're, um, really? I'm just, okay. <laughs> Hope that's not controversial. <laughs> Just, we, just doing this is controversial, so don't even worry you know, about it. <laughs> I think I think that Democrats are oftentimes so um, so focused on the facts, and that's a good thing that we're not thinking about um, what's the most effective way to communicate these these issues. Um, and right. you know, let's really put a title on this bill that um, makes people understand what it is and how it's good for them, versus mm -hmm. um, you know the the very wonky style of communication that we've we've adopted academic in a sense style of yeah academic mm -hmm. academic which throws um, people off it does yeah. throw people off and I think it whether it should or not I right, don't think it right, should right. you know I'm like not anti intellectual God, and I no. think we need to mm -hmm. be a little more academic I about agree. the way we approach governing yeah. um, but you know when the title of a bill is eight words long and some of those words you don't necessarily know, that's a huge barrier. And you just say, uh, this isn't for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the one thing I think Republicans have done a lot better 
than Democrats. And I think, I think, um, you know, you can look at the platforms of, uh, national democratic candidates. You can look at Hillary Clinton's platform. I mm-hmm. love Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. She did talk about childcare. She did talk about raising the wage. Um, but I, I don't know if those were front and center. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right. Um, I really hesitate to criticize her because I think that, you know, so much of her loss is not. Yeah. There's other not, factors there. For there's sure. a lot going on there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a lot to unpack. There's a lot mm-hmm. of sexism. There's a lot of Russia. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't want to blame her, but I do think that um, we've, we've lost focus on the things that really resonate to people, even though those are part of our platform. My last question would be for you in, in mm-hmm. this moment, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, issues and, and women running, but it's not enough, right, for women to run. What we need are people that are focused on policy that supports equity, that supports yeah. reproductive justice, social justice, economic justice through that lens. Mm-hmm. So will there be a time where you would support a male candidate if that male candidate made sense? And and do you find that, do you think that's going to be a problem for some of the people that are interested in supporting WTF? I I will start with no, we're going to support women running for office mm-hmm. um, because that is sorely needed. Mm-hmm. And there are many resources in this town that mm-hmm. traditionally support women, men. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a progressive platform and you're uh, a man who's seeking office, there are many, many ways for you don't to get you. plugged into funding. Yeah. I'm, yeah. They don't need it. Yeah. Um, this is specifically for women, mm-hmm. uh, progressive women who do care about the issues you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um we don't want to have a litmus test. We don't want to say, how do you feel about XYZ bill? Mm-hmm. But we want to really get to know the woman and understand that she's there to get elected mm-hmm. and pass policies that are valuable to women and families. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get a sense of how she's connected with her community um, and her electability mm-hmm. in yeah. that district. So there's been, um, uh, I don't know if it's a groundswell, but there's definitely been a lot more focus on um, democratic socialists that they're, yeah. they're a group mm-hmm. that's been very active. They have, um, two candidates in Allegheny County recently that were, that won in November. So is, are those candidates that you, your PAC would support potentially that, that this is not just for, uh, you know, tried and true Democrats, right? Yeah. Democrats that it could be for democratic socialists or for Kim, could you explain yeah. what a democratic socialist is for people that may not, I could try, you know, just give us the yeah. broad strokes. Yeah. So it's, it's more, you know, I think people hear the word socialism and they get a little right. nervous, but I think Bernie Sanders is a good example of a democratic mm-hmm. socialist, someone mm-hmm. who believes more in, um, people, <laughs> the sort of, uh, specific uh, definition of socialism right, is, is people controlling the means of production. But mm-hmm. that's a little more black and white. I think what democratic socialists tend to stand for are policies where people have more um, control over or more mm-hmm. say in the policies that affect them. And I don't want to, I don't want to make it too oversimplified, but that's sort of a good way of, yeah, they're, agree that, they're to the left of the democratic left. Right, right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, but they've criticized the Democrats mm-hmm. a bit for, mm-hmm. you know, look, we flubbed this election that should have been, on paper, easily won. You could argue that one way or the other. Mm-hmm. That's sort of their mm-hmm. stance, I mm-hmm. think. And they're, 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 a lot of them are very angry. They, Bernie Sanders, Democrats, if you want to call them that. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, they are starting to be, I think, heard more than they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. And would your PAC be, I don't want to put you on the spot, but would you be potentially considering women who might identify themselves as, as democratic socialists rather than straight up Democrats? Yeah. So we have not put a party label on this mm-hmm. pack for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to support progressive women. Mm-hmm. There are some women who are progressive who are Democrats. There are some women who are progressive who are democratic socialist. And 
there's probably some women who are progressive who are Republicans. Mm-hmm. I don't Old see that school you know, Elsie Hillman style. You know, right. Right. really. Right. I mean, especially mm-hmm. out in the suburbs, there are districts um, that I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. So I think for the most part, just given the the people who we see running, we will probably be supporting um, Democrats. But I, I see the work of DSA probably overlapping with WTF some too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you guys have coming up um, yeah. An event we're going to kick things off officially yes. for WTF. So tell us a little bit about that and sure. how people can get involved if they want to. Sure. So we launched the pack on November eighth. Um, we wanted to kind of com- commemorate that anniversary of the last presidential what election. On November eighth, I don't. We've never forget. <laughs> um, right. So we we launched that day and decided that um, we saw so much support and so much momentum that we really wanted to um, get a launch party together and start raising money immediately. So. Um, We have two launch parties scheduled for December 11th. Um, The first begins at 5 p.m. at Dinette. It's a little um, delicious food and um, copious wine um, networking event. And um, we have tickets available for that. And then we also have a party that night at the Ace Hotel um, beginning at 7 p.m. And we're featuring all um, women-powered entertainment from DJs to – musicians. Um, we have a band called, uh, the future is female that came out of the girls rock camp and we're really excited to feature them. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so we, we have some great entertainment there. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, you know, I see the guest list rolling in and I see so many women that I can't wait to talk to over, you know, over a glass of wine. So, um, our, our tickets are available on our website at, uh, WTF Pittsburgh spelled out. Uh, dot com slash launch. Okay. And so exciting. Are you going to run for office again? Do you think? think Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think it's really hard for anyone to say that for sure, because Mm -hmm. so much of politics is about what opportunities come up and what seats come open and Mm -hmm. timing and what else is going on in your life. So um, I'm not going to be one of those people that says, no, definitely not. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually really enjoyed running. I enjoyed talking to folks in our communities. um, And uh, so I wouldn't rule it out. But I don't have any immediate plans. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> it's important that women just run. Yeah. So we get comfortable seeing right. those names. And even if you don't, when you learn the lessons it, of well, you are not, But you're also, I mean, you know, you, you may not think of yourself this way, but you're really a trailblazer right now. Oh, you know, you, you and the women involved, I mean, you guys are setting the stage that women 50 years hopefully are going to look back and go, those were the women that started this chain reaction. And it'll be very common, hopefully, in the next 50 years that mm. we'll maybe increase our parity so we're not 49th anymore. So yeah. our hat's off to you. Thank you. Yeah, for Thank sure. you so Thanks much. so much for being on our show. Oh, Thanks, absolutely. Ashley. Anytime. It's great Thank having you. you. show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.